Slip into something spicy with the brand new Daddy Size series, bursting at the seams with curvy heroines and older daddies who can't keep their hands to themselves. Daddy Bod is a fast-paced and filthy age gap insta-love romance featuring no cheating or cliffhangers with a guaranteed happily ever after. That's Daddy Bod by Margot Scott. It is free this weekend. Go grab it, lady listeners. Welcome back, lady listeners. Hey, lady listeners. It's your host, Alexa Riley. I'm Leah. I'm Mel. Uh, we had no prep for that. I just went for it. We did mm-hmm. great. Good job. Um, <laughs> we have got a brand new book for you this week by Amani J. It's called Big Text. And that cover is I know, it's hot. It's so hot. I love it. It's sexy. It's tropey. It's fun. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I, she sent it over and I was like, home run, 10 out of 10. <laughs> love it. Um, I have her author bio. I'm going to read it real quick before we get started because I feel like we're here. Let's do it. Amani J, USA Today bestselling author. Amani J is the queen of short, steamy romances. If that's your jam, you've come to the right place. That's it. That's it. I love that's it. Yeah, that's her point. Whole, I was like, I love her author bio. Bam, bam, bam. You're in the right place. I it's like perfect. That. We're going to talk about big text and all Monty's good stuff in just a little bit. Um, but first, we're going to catch up. So I read or I started a book the other day, audio. It's the one from Kennedy Ryan. Have you seen this one going around? It's um with the really pretty cover. The oranges. Yes. It's like yes. A, yes. It's so pretty. It's like purpley orangeish, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. 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 I've Hold seen on, that cover. It's so, very eye-catching. It's Hold super on, eye-catching. This one, yeah. It's like yellows and purples and stuff. It's called Coming Home. And it's an Audible original, so it is basically free. If you subscribe to your monthly Audible subscription, Mm -hmm. even if you just get the one credit a month or whatever it is, you get um, access to their whole Audible originals library. And it's basically like, hey, you a little bit where you could just go in and listen to them as much as you want. So. This is one of them that's on there. It's so good. The narrators are fantastic. It's a short one too. So it was like the perfect bite size one. I want to say, let me see how much the whole thing is. Like I'm curious now because I'm like partway through it. So let me see Um, if it says the audio. Yeah. Two hours and 40 minutes. So yeah, it's the perfect length on it. But it's about um, an HBCU, which is historically black college and university. Um, It's about um, a homecoming. So coming home, the title is perfect. Mm -hmm. But um, it's this uh, guy and this girl and they went to college together and they shared like one kiss before they went in different directions. And they both like grew up and they're older and his daughter is homecoming queen. And so, but they're both like without partners and stuff and they meet up again. And so there's this spark that they were always curious about in the back of their minds. And so they're finally going to see it through. So it's really good so far. Kennedy is such a beautiful writer and she's got such a great way of describing like desire for someone. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know how else to say it, but like when her characters or their internal monologues are like, thinking about their affection for the other person and how much they want them. The way she just so eloquently describes that is incredible. It's so beautiful. 
I just, I love her writing. She has, she has such a great style. So I love it so far. I think I'm a, I'm a little over halfway through and it's just, it's perfect. It's like bite size. It's all giggling and love and sweet and it's great. Sounds sweet. So yeah, that's what I'm listening to right now. You got any, got any re recommendations for romance books lately? I actually haven't been reading. I've been like on a documentary, like holes. Have you been, is it a murder spree? Is this what you're doing? No, not all of them are murder spree. Oh, okay. Okay. I didn't know no. if this was more of the uh, Murdoch, Murdoch stuff. No, I know <laughs> everything about Murdoch. I You're like, it's old news now. The Netflix was actually boring to me. I was like, I knew all this. Actually, I think it was missing I figured stuff. it would. <laughs> well, I was like, I was thinking that too, that if you've kept up with the case, I was like, this is really just a repeat, right? Yeah. And I was like, there's some stuff they missed. They missed. Mm -hmm. And I think they shot too early because mm -hmm. there were some really cool things that came out later or that yeah, have come yeah. out. Mm -hmm. Or not cool, but interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially since the trial happened and he got sentenced, I'm like, they didn't even wait for that, yeah. <laughs> you know? I don't even think we've ever talked about it on here, have we? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, we've talked about it, but maybe we didn't talk about it on the podcast. But. I don't think we have, actually. I think I was thinking that the other day. I was like, we're probably the only people that haven't talked about the murder. <laughs> I because don't know. I think it's because I'm from South Carolina, and literally every person I know knows, knows what's going on because they're like, oh, that happened down the road, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just like, eh. I just wasn't I just, interested like, in it. I thought there was one really cool piece of evidence what, what, that yeah. I found was interesting mm -hmm. was that they were tracking the wife's phone, like in where they found it. Right. Mm -hmm. So they found it in this wooded area and they can ding his phone and see where he was going or whatever, mm -hmm. but they got his car records. GMC sent over everything because your vehicles, everybody's mimicking Musk is sucking up data. They want to know where you're going, mm -hmm. how fast you're going, what you're doing. So they sent that all over and they like a physics person or whatever, mathematician, whatever, mm -hmm. was like a car would have to be going 46 miles an hour when they hit this point to get the phone to go that far. Okay. So they mathematically said this is how fast the car must be going for mm -hmm. them to be able to lob it out the window mm -hmm. and it get here. Okay. And then he said it should be 46 miles an hour mm -hmm. and they pulled it and they show his thing he accelerates up hits the 46 then slows back down oh shit really i thought it was one of the most fascinating pieces of it that so, is that's wild. like that is solid evidence yeah that me. is that's like that's like science and math yes yeah, i'm like yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. i'm like that i can get behind mm -hmm. it's you know it's funny because it's not like where forensics comes in where there's it could be a chance something's contaminated or blah 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 or whatever it is like there's always a percentage of of you know of whatever it is like when something could go wrong you know with that with forensic evidence but yeah. with math numbers don't lie they, they are what they are you know yeah, because I remember hearing, like, I would hear some things and people were like, that makes him sound guilty because they said, like, he called and they didn't answer and he left. I was like, mm -hmm. I do that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Even Isabel, we're talking about, we're like, we mm -hmm. do that all the time here on the land. We're like, mm -hmm. fuck you guys. I'm not getting you dinner then when I'm yeah. out. You're not I was like, it. that's completely Bye. normal. Mm -hmm. But then they said he went around. Like, I don't go and chase them down because they wouldn't mm -hmm. hear me inside the house over there. Yeah. But if you're telling me I could drive by their shed or whatever, mm -hmm. and I can just leave my head out the window and it's on the way out, and I can be like, why aren't you using your fucking phone? Yeah. You yeah. bet your ass I am. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and then they said it was really weird that he used two different guns, two different distinct guns. Yeah. So it seems very hard for them to log. So one was like a long range rifle and one mm-hmm. was a shotgun. They're like, that's two weird guns for one person to be toting around and to use different ones. Yeah. And I was like, no, it's not. I said, if it was, they said they were out on the gator. If you were out on a gator, out on the land, those are actually the two guns you would most likely take. If you come across a snake or a boar where you guys are, here it would be a coyote and it's right on you, shotgun. It blasts out, kills it immediately. But let's say you're out on the land and you spot Mm -hmm. a coyote that's been killing the chickens and it's like a mile and a half out. You grab the rifle. Okay. And you'd aim and shoot. So that's why you would have two different ones. That's why you would have those two different types of Mm -hmm. guns equipped on your gator or very close when you're out out and Mm -hmm. about on the land. Mm -hmm. It's for two different things. Okay. So So that's how they explain that he had That's how Mm – I don't know if they've explained it that way. That's how I saw it. Oh, okay. Okay. I see what you mean. But I thought what got me was because he shot the um, son and the mom came around the corner. Mm Mm-hmm. She never turned. Like, she came forward. So that meant she knew. Mm-hmm. If, you heard, if I heard a gunshot, if I was standing outside of the barn, if mm-hmm. I heard a gunshot, which you could, mm-hmm. I would run around the barn to see, like, oh, fuck, what happened? You know, yeah. expecting mm-hmm. to see my dad or whatever. And I would come around. Even if I saw my child on the ground mm-hmm. and my dad had the gun in the hand, I wouldn't think he shot him. Yeah, yeah. I would still mm-hmm. be coming forward. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? And she never turned around. Yeah, it's like she wasn't. She if wasn't I would come around that corner it. and seen a man I didn't know mm-hmm. with a gun, you're gonna yeah. step back. You're gonna mm-hmm. pivot or something. Yeah, you're gonna to hesitate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair They're point. Fucked. So I watched one the other day. It's on Peacock. It's called "Who Killed Robert Wan." Have you seen? Yes! Oh my god! Okay, I have to talk about this. So I'm gonna spoil this. If you haven't watched this. Um, on Peacock. It's only two episodes, but if you don't want to know anything about this murder and you want to watch it, it's really good. But you're going to want to fast forward because I have to talk about this. It's so fascinating. I ran downstairs and had to ask Rob one question. Okay. I was like, how does come end up yes. in your own butthole? <laughs> well, I thought, I literally, well, I thought about it. I was like, okay. I was like, if me and Rob were having sex mm-hmm. and then it just, he pulled out or whatever mm-hmm. and I just laid there. Could mm-hmm. it drip down and slowly no. get in there a little bit? No. And I was like, Rob was like, no. He said, Mm-mm. he said, maybe for you guys, because you guys are more moist. And mm-hmm. he says, we're dry. You mm-hmm. would have to like put it in there. He's yeah. like, I don't, he's like, it's, it immediately gets really crusty mm-hmm. when it hits the skin. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh. Okay, so just for just for those of you who are still listening and, uh, and don't care about spoilers, you want to know what the fuck we're talking about. So this guy, Robert Wan, was found dead, and he was in a bed. He went to – let me start. Sorry. Let me restart that. Um, Robert went to go stay the night at his friend's house. Um, he was at the NDC. He just needed one night to stay, um, didn't want to get a hotel room, stayed with friends. There was three guys in this house. Um, they were a throuple. 
Um, two of the guys uh, were long-term couple. They were on the top floor. On the second floor, it was Robert in a guest room, and the third partner of the throuple was on the same floor as him. Then there was a bottom floor. Robert, um, at a, he comes there, uh, but it's like 10 o'clock or so. 57 minutes later, a 911 call happens from inside the house from the guy on the second floor. Um, they have found Robert in his room stabbed, um, and they say that there was an intruder. When the police get there, they look at Robert. There is no struggle. There is no, um, like, the was it defensive wounds. There's hardly any blood. Um, there's, like, three stab wounds on his chest, but barely any blood. Um, no, like, restraint marks on his body. Um, no toxicology, like, no drugs in his system, nothing like that. Um and they can't figure out what the fuck happened. They decide um, to do a rape kit because when they're clearing out the house, they um, stereotype, I guess, and the police are really bigoted because these guys are gay. And this was in the early 90s. And This guy that stayed wasn't gay. He was happily married. And I do not believe. Yeah, the guy that gay. died was happily married. I don't believe he was either. He I was, don't either. They were all friends for yeah, a long time he ago. He had just met the, the his wife. The He says it was the love of his life. Everybody around them, him, his wife included, everybody says like they were so in love. They met and it was like six months later they got married like it was a whirlwind. But like they were they were both really dedicated to each other. But anyways, so. But the guy that died, Robert, um, when they cleared out the house, um, they found a ton of BDSM paraphernalia, like conference room tables, like three of them full. Yes. Super, super BDSM, like, um, like ball gags, like what's Uh, changed. Thousands and thousands of dollars worth of stuff. They weren't fucking around. Hundreds of like butt plugs and stuff. There was like the the electrode shock things for testicles. Like it was, it was hardcore shit. So they did a rape kit on him based on finding that when they did the rape kit, they found semen in the victim's anus. It was his own semen. So like, that's what could not be figured out. Like why was his own cum in his butt? Yeah. And there was also, it wasn't like his ass wasn't violated. Yeah. There was no bruising, no tearing. There wasn't anything on it. They were like, he looked like he had gotten ready for bed. They like he had his uh had his mouth guard in it, right? Like he yeah, had he his, even like, had his marked yeah. mouth guard mm-hmm. still in yeah, his like mouth. his for his teeth grinding and stuff. Mm-hmm. He had that in. He had everything perfectly laid out on the table next to him. Like it was all perfectly normal. It's like he went to sleep and just didn't wake up when he was being stabbed. Yet there was no blood. And when the police got there, all three of the guys had just come out of the shower. They were all in bathrobes. They were all like wet hair. They didn't know what happened. I mean, granted, they could have been in the bedroom and all like together. And then someone come downstairs and found them. That could be a possibility. But essentially, there's no there's no resolution to this story. So that's what really bugged me. But the 911 call was really frantic. It was very strange. It was, it was, it was very believable. The guy was very, very believable. Yeah. He was like panicked on it. But the thing I didn't understand was like, he, he was like, you know, what time is it? Like what's going on? And they kept calling like back that he was, he was saying a lot of details on it, but I don't know what I'd do if it was, if I found a dead body in the house and yeah. like my best friend had just been killed. I don't know what I'd do, but, um, know. Also, but an interesting thing to know, mm-hmm. which is part of the Murdoch and kind of into this, when you dial 911, it doesn't start recording when the operator picks up. It immediately starts recording your call. 
when you hit 911. Oh, like when you dial? Yeah. When Mm -hmm. you dial and you hit, it's already recording, even if it rings Mm -hmm. and rings and rings until the operator. So if you're like waiting, 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 and then Mm -hmm. they pick up and then you're like, ah, they got you. We're just calm. Yeah. Yeah. So just a little tip, guys. (laughs) But they, you know, in the end of it, they said they end up trying to charge the three guys, not with the murder because they had no evidence of that. They tried to charge them with obstruction of justice because Mm -hmm. they believe that in some way they have covered up evidence. Whether they did the murder or not, they could not prove. And but they they couldn't even get them on obstruction of justice. The judge Mm -hmm. said in the hearing at the end, she's like, I know that you guys know more than you're willing to say, but nobody in here can prove it. So you're not guilty, but I think you did something. And so, like, they're saying, like, they posted it up and they're like, you know, anybody with any information to please call. And the guys that were, like, um, friends with the victim and they were, you know, lived down the street, they were in the gay community, like, big advocates at the time and still are. So um, they're the ones that are still fighting for justice on this. And they were like, they were like, it's not over till it's over. They're like, cold cases get solved all the time. Somebody knows something, and one day one of those three guys is going to crack. I can't believe they haven't cracked now. I know one, t- one was a lawyer. Yes, yeah, and so he was the one that was like kind of the ringleader too. But um, but they said the two guys that are, they're still in a couple, they're still together. Um, they changed their names, and so they live in Florida, I think. But they've changed their names since, and then the third guy I think has changed his name but declined an interview. Or maybe he hasn't changed his name and he just did it. So I don't know. Either way, it was like, yes, there's something suspicious. And I just got to think, like, it's been like 20 years or something, but these guys have not let it go. Like, that, like something's going to happen from this. I, I think know. so. I it's think something. Crazy. But this is the first time this is, I mean, they were like, the case made huge news. But at the time when it made huge news, there was no social media. There was no, nothing else to support it. It was like you had to rely on papers and stuff. And, you know, in the media at the time, if you didn't see the news at six o'clock, you missed it, you know? So, like, now they've since, you know, made this documentary. It's getting a lot of attention. It's such a strange case. So strange. It's so So strange. strange. So there's a lot of little things about it, too, that you're like, oh, my God. You know, it was the the come in the ass thing that I can't stop thinking about. (laughs) But, like, you know, I was talking about it. And I went, went, Kevin and I watched it together. And he was like, you know, I wonder if, like, he said, that's like a kink for like mm-hmm. men to do that. Like mm-hmm. when they jerk off sometimes, he's like even straight men to do that. So I'm like, okay, so the kink is like to put it in your own butt when you get done. He was like, yeah. He was like, I've heard of this, like being a thing, like putting it in there. Maybe it feels you good. come and then you stimulate your prostate more. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Like, okay, like maybe if you come in it and then it does it, I don't know. Maybe that does something. Masturbating with my mouth guard in. Or maybe he did it, put it in his butt, went and got ready for bed, and then just went to sleep. And then that was there. And then the stabbing happened. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't just go away when it goes up your butt. It doesn't make any sense. Nothing's happened to his body. I don't understand. I don't know. It's so weird. It's so weird. Anyway, so that was that. If you haven't seen that one and you've listened to all these spoilers, it's really interesting. And there's a lot of other stuff I couldn't go into just because it would take too long to talk about it, but it's really good. So. I watched another one that wasn't about a death on Netflix series Web of Make Believe. Mm hmm. You ever heard of that one? No. So uh-uh. they'll do like 
almost like internet crimes that happen. Ooh. Like the guy who was swatting people, somebody mm-hmm. accidentally Oh, died. yeah, 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 uh-huh, yeah. So they did him, and mm-hmm. they did this other guy. And this uh, this guy actually got a two-part. So they were talking about these guys that would hack. Um, they were hackers, or some of them were hackers. And they would go and steal money from the IRS. They would file fake tax returns and they were stealing hundreds of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. there's one hacker and they are trying to track this guy down and he's moving 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 he keeps taking it he takes his cash out he gets it from atms he's like i can only pull this much out in a day so i can get forty thousand in vegas i go to the next city i do this he's just like mm-hmm. explaining it all and i'm like jesus and he's taking his cash and he's turning it into gold okay he takes his cash and he turns it into gold mm-hmm. anyway so he ends up they finally fucking catch him and they throw him in jail and you're like okay so now what yeah so you think it's over mm-hmm. but now it's only just begun oh god because this guy is super smart mm-hmm. so he sets down and they're like you're gonna have legal reference he was like no i'm gonna represent myself oh god and they're like okay mm-hmm. so he starts drawing these things out like how satellites work and he's like how did i get caught like he's looping around and around and around and around and around it's like i can't figure out and he was like it had to be my internet card because this was back when you would get internet cards to get internet mm-hmm. on your cable on your laptop or whatever because you yeah. just didn't mm-hmm. have wi-fi everywhere yeah so he was like they hacked into my verizon card Oh, I think I know this and one. And so this one, and he okay. said, yeah, you didn't I do have this a case. warrant. Mm-hmm. To ha- and this is where it went. It was like, oh, He shit. got the case thrown out because of it, No, right? he didn't get the case thrown out. Oh, so, I thought he got it thrown out so because he, he said that. Well, I, I'll get there. I can okay, tell you sorry, sorry. It's Go pretty ahead. quick. What happens is he does. He proves all this stuff. And they, he figures out, he's like, the government has to have this machine. And this is what this machine is doing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they can give you an area. But they would take this box thing and they could ding and they were dinging everybody's phone. So technically they're messing with everybody's shit that yeah. they shouldn't even be in. And the cops didn't want to talk about That's it. But right. he'd seen okay. the one word and one of the mm-hmm. documents because he kept requesting more information. He seen the mm-hmm. word stingray. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then that's where it all exploded. So mm-hmm. he gets there on court and the judge says, I'm going to think about this. And he comes back and the judge says, I think within the warrant, this was kind of explained. I actually think the warrant covers this. Mm-hmm. But then he looks over to the district attorney. Yeah. Kind of tells him, you guys got a big fucking problem. Yep. <laughs> this is some thin ice. Mm-hmm. And the DA and the government in general, because I guess all these people had these sting boxes. They bought them from a private company. Like you would, police stations would have them and wouldn't tell people they had them. Yep. And so they gave him, they were like, we'll give you time served. <laughs> if, you'll, if, you'll, if you'll walk out because they knew they would have to disclose it if they no, if they, no, they knew further, that, right they knew that he would lose this case he would lose this case because mm-hmm. everything wouldn't get dismissed everything would get in because the air card would get to be in but mm-hmm. when it, he would appeal it he mm-hmm. said when it they knew when it went to the supreme court mm-hmm. they wouldn't tolerate it that's when it would start to get very sticky and then there would be harder laws set on what the government can do yeah but yeah. this man technically after they get him out they'd held all of his gold this whole time which they kept they mm-hmm. end up making money the government <laughs> because it like made mm-hmm. so much money over the years and it, but um 
But he I was thinking too. They were. They said something. They would have to disclose what it, the stingray was capable of. Yes. Were they to take it to the Supreme Court, they would have had to disclose all that. And they would have to disclose the fact that they're getting into people's. There's at that time mm-hmm. there had been no like you can't hack into people's phones or their internet yeah. histories. Mm-hmm. None of that had been set, mm-hmm. and that's what this guy kind of did. He made everybody go like, "Oh shit!" Even like. Yep. Apple, Verizon, Facebook, mm-hmm. everybody's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Mm-hmm. And that's when everything really locked down because of this man, technically. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. It was just interesting. But you should you should still watch it. It was just interesting to see how these there's these different organizations online that do these hacking things and back and forth because you can't do it by yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's insane. It's fascinating. I love it that. It's fascinating. Mm-hmm. And especially that, case that's cases like that that set precedences. I, I think it's where, cool. yeah, where you're going, where you think you're going in mm-hmm. one direction. And I'm like, oh, and then we're going in another. I'm like, what the mm-hmm. fuck? Mm-hmm. So yeah. that was pretty cool. good stuff. Um, we had an ad last week, but I wanted to mention it on air just because I thought it was kind of cool. Um, it's called the Virtual Book Tour Podcast. Um, if you've heard of the book of the month where you go in and it's like a sub- monthly subscription and you get to pick out which books you want, um, they do a podcast where they interview the authors that are part of the book of the month club. So I thought that was really cool. I talked to the, to the people that did it and, um, they just were like, maybe we could, they were like, if you think about it, just mention it on air to your listeners and stuff. And I made a note. I was like, I will. So the need of the podcast to listen to, it's kind of cool. Especially if you do the book of the month program, it's kind of neat that you can listen to them. So there you go. Um, let's see. Do we have any other stuff we want to mention? Um, do we have a new release? Yes. The taboo books. i just emailed you actually. Oh, nice. Okay. Books are ready to go. Okay. So be on the lookout for a new trio of AR taboos. Um, and we've got another set of books that are coming out. We're doing a kidnapping series right now. So I don't know what the names of them are yet. We haven't decided. So mm-hmm. those will be out soon too. So be on the lookout for those. We do have a two week break coming. I think, yeah, after Amani. So after this week is over, we're going to be out for two weeks for spring break. Enjoy yourselves. You know, if you want to go to the beach and act like a fool, you have my complete permission. So, all right. Um, let's talk about Imani J's. Let's talk about her book then. I'll read the book bio for Big Tex. Superstar football player Colt Big Tex Garcia is a tall glass of water and your girl has been parched for a long time. I've been stupid for my older brother's ridiculously hot teammate from the moment we first met. Colt Garcia is both the stuff of wet dreams and romantic fantasies. He's tall, broad, insanely ripped, but also sweet, funny, and a beast in the snack. So when my brother sends me to Colt's ranch to recharge after I work myself to exhaustion, I know I'm in trouble with a capital T because a big Tex and I have a history, the kind that was supposed to stay in Vegas, if you know what I mean. Listen to find out what happens when a hot as sin Howboy finally claims the girl he's been dying to make his. This is a steamy, curvy girl, insta-love, insta-lust, cowboy, billionaire, sports romance novella, no cheating, no cliffhanger, and a guaranteed ATA. And you can get it now in Kindle Unlimited. Um, there are two books that tie into big text. Um, one is Snowed In with a Quarterback that features um, the female main character's older brother, who's also the main character's teammate. 
And then there's Max Protect um, is the story of another one of Texas football teammates. So both of those tie into this. Make sure you check those out. Um, right now, the book Stroke of Luck is free. It's a St. Patrick's Day short, steamy, insta-love romance. It's the first in the O'Malley family saga. And Amani J is doing her giveaway this week as an ebook for any of her new releases you can pick. She's got a Facebook group called Amani's J, Amani J's J Love. Um, that's her group. We'll have the link down below in the show notes. You can check that out. And then also, um, she has a Kendall Vela story. Uh, it's a monster romance between a bad boy elf and a sassy Kirby girl. Enemies to lovers, second chance romance called Sweet and Spicy Bites. I actually monster <laughs> looking romance I put on the new release post. Actually, it'll be on this week's. I yeah. seen the cover yeah. and I was like, I was like, this is actually appealing. Like I clicked in. Mm-hmm. I didn't think when you hear it, you're like, oh, but when I seen the cover and the name, I was like, huh. I'm you know, hold up a second. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love a good monster romance every now and then. Why not? Fuck it. You know what I was actually going to ask you about? I was what? like. Have we talked about horror romance? Oh, no, that's right. You said to mention it this week. You were talking about the, what was it, the gothic one? It's Is that called what you're talking gothic, about? and I don't know what to gothic do Gothic horror it. romance or something? Yeah. What is that? I don't what is know. gothic horror? I don't know either. I don't know a good example but of it. But sometimes the word romance isn't in it, but sometimes mm-hmm. it is. It's just gothic horror? I don't know. Is there I know sex I, in it? I know I read one on um smash words and i knew after the smash words but i didn't know if it was just an incident that uh what it, it was tagged horror and it was very um horror <laughs> <laughs> and okay. i was not like a happy ever after even oh like, wow okay enjoyment so i was mm-hmm. like oh and so the word now scares me and so <laughs> But it, it scared me on smash words. Okay. Is, is a but big maybe difference. not in romance. Okay. Yeah. So I was wondering mm-hmm. in the romance world, maybe somebody can write us in or somebody who reads it or writes it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Break if it you're, down. Like, if you're we, listening. In, is it suspense? Mm-hmm. What is, is it, gothic horror? What is that? What Tell is us. that? What does that mean? Gothic. Where Are we getting old? Does this mean we're getting old now? We don't know what these, these new maybe. kids are doing these days. Probably. Yeah, I don't know. Um, One of the girls I follow on TikTok was talking about a book where they hear a fuckster with a gun. And I kind of feel like that sounds like it because that would be horrific to me. Mm-hmm. 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 But it could be one of those things. Gothic. I thought you were going to say the butt end of the gun. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe that was it. <laughs> Maybe I jumped to conclusions. <laughs> All right. So we're about to play the entire book for you. You're going to get it all in one episode. So we're going to see you on the other side, I guess. Yep. See you there. All right. Bye. Those Who Whisper by R. Sullins. I had to get away from life as if anxiety was something I could escape from. But landing a job half a world away, teaching a precious little girl at her home in Scotland seemed like the perfect answer. The manor was beautiful, large, and mysterious. It held secrets that lurked behind the glass panes and the painted walls. Secrets about a witch. Secrets about a curse. Secrets like, all the ghosts from the past are still here, and they want me to end the curse. But if I did, I would lose him. 
From international and USA Today bestselling author comes a new thrilling tale of ghosts that want to be set free and the young woman that wants to help them, even at the cost of her own heart. That's Those Who Whisper by R. Sullins, live March 29th. This is Big Tex by Amani J. Read for you by El Sanali. Rescue Mission Now Cold I feel sweat trickle down my neck. I'm sorry, man. I wouldn't ask if anyone else I trusted lived close to Layla. My teammate and friend Zachary Wilson apologizes. No problem, brother. I understand. I reply like the stupid moron I am. My heart beats a mile a minute, and I wipe my sweaty forehead with the back of my hand. It's not the hot Texas weather making me reach dehydrating levels of perspiration. It's the prospect of having Layla Wilson, my Layla, at my ranch, in my house, with me for fucking days. Thanks, I really owe you. You don't even know how relieved I am. We'll come get Layla as soon as we return. But right now, she needs to rest and be looked after, not hop on a plane to Cali to be alone at our folks. Zach and his wife Emma and their parents are on a family vacation. His sister Layla, who's a grad student at the University of Texas at Austin, didn't go with them. Apparently, she's been studying and working nonstop to the point of exhaustion. I still can't believe she fainted. Zack pauses, letting out a deep sigh. That girl never takes a fucking break. First, it was the internship. Now, it's her fucking dissertation. It never fucking ends with her. I picture the deep frown on his face and the way he grabs the back of his neck and paces around when he's worked up. All things I've seen him do hundreds of times since we started playing together for the Dallas Ranchers. It's almost funny hearing him complain about someone else being a workaholic. The guy's a beast. I bet he'll be back at conditioning as soon as he lands. And I'm thankful for that. It takes a QB like Zach Wilson for a team who hadn't made it to the playoffs in years to win two consecutive Super Bowls and make it to the finals a third time after that. Yeah, I love the guy like a brother. I respect and admire him as a teammate, and I owe him for being the best leader our team could dream of. I'd do anything for Zach, and looking after his sister for a few days is no skin off my back, especially since I'm spending the off-season on my ranch on the outskirts of Austin. The only issue is that Zach's sister is Layla Wilson. Don't worry about it. It's no big deal. I'm on my way to get her. Few days away from the city with nothing but fresh air and rest, we'll get her back in shape in no time. Yeah, and while that's happening, I will not perv over her fucking perfect shape. Fuck. Thank you. You're a lifesaver. Just keep her away from her laptop, yeah? We'll be there in five days. Don't worry, I got you. Thanks, brother. Before hanging up, Zach's low baritone deepens by a full octave when he adds, And Tex, she's my sister. I stay silent for a few seconds before answering, I know that. Good. Try not to forget. 
fucking hell. I park my truck in front of the campus health center and pull a baseball cap low on my head, using the bent visor to try to partially hide my face. We're in Texas, where everyone eats, sleeps, and breathes football, and I'm the main wide receiver of the state star team. My face is on so many TV ads, billboards, and magazines. Even people who are not into the sport recognize me. I really don't mind taking pictures with fans, signing autographs, or exchanging a few words. But right now, my priority is to get to Layla, assess her state, and get her to my place. Layla Wilson in my house. Fuck. I walk into the building and make my way to the main desk. A woman in scrubs types away on a computer keyboard. Hi, excuse me. I'm here to pick up Miss Wilson. Without looking up from her monitor, she indicates a hallway with her thumb. I ask, she's in there? Yeah, room five, just waiting for the doctor to discharge her. The woman finally raises her gaze, and her surprised expression would have made me smile if I wasn't reduced to nothing but a giant ball of nerves. Colt! Colt Garcia? She stutters. I nod and grin before pointing to Layla's room and making my escape. I hear her shout at my retreating back, Go ranchers! And turn back to give her a two-finger salute without breaking my stride. Standing at the door to room five, I inhale deeply in an effort to calm my nerves before knocking. Fucking get yourself together, Garcia. You take massive hits from fucking giants on the field, but you can't fucking hold it together with this girl? Yeah, like calling her a girl instead of a woman can magically make her power over me fucking go away. I roll my shoulders, lean my neck from side to side, and shake my hands as if I'm about to get on the field. It's fucking showtime. I hear a faint voice inviting me to come in and push open the door. I barely sneak my head and upper body inside the room when I'm assaulted by the vision of Layla Wilson snuggled into a hospital bed, looking pale, even with her light brown skin, eyes sunken behind her glasses, looking so fucking small. What the fuck happened to my girl? She must have lost at least ten pounds. She still looks fucking magnificent with her big brown eyes, full lips, that cute button nose, and the fucking dimple in her chin, the same as her brother. But my girl hasn't been taking care of herself. It's clear as day. It's no wonder she fucking fainted. Rage, like I've never known, swells inside me. It's wild, strong, immense, and will not be muzzled. I'm fucking mad at Layla for taking such poor care of herself, at her family for letting her do whatever the fuck she wants, and let's be honest, at myself for not stepping up and claiming my woman. But this shit ends now, today. I'm done fucking around with this girl. She fucking needs me. I need her. And there's nothing her brother or anyone else for that matter can say or do to change that. I close the distance between us in two long strides, leaning into Layla to hug her with the caution reserved for newborns. She's stiff in my arms when she asks in a croaky voice, Tex, what are you doing here? The fuck? 
Zack didn't tell her? I pull my face from the soft, warm crook of her neck and the heady mix of her sweet vanilla perfume and own bewitching scent. I'm here to take you home, doll. Her gorgeous eyes widen. You're flying with me to California? My heart squeezes with the pain of seeing her like this, but I push through and manage a brief chuckle. No, darling, I'm taking you to my home, my ranch. Her fucking perfect lips form an O that in any other circumstance I'd imagine sliding my hard dick into, but I instantly smother the thought. Panic invades her eyes and Layla flails around, trying to get off the bed. Your ranch? No, I can't go to your place. I... I cup her face between my large hands and pin her with an intense gaze, effectively holding her captive. Calm down. Zack called me to come look after you. It's the postseason. I'm free. Just hanging out with the horses and doing some work on the property. I'm not busy, and you know I always wanted you to come visit. Her worried gaze bounces between my eyes. Layla studies my face with a look charged with a billion questions. Finally, she shakes her head. Colt, I don't think... I don't let her finish. I lean down and press my lips to hers. It's barely a kiss, a brief brush of my chapped lips on her soft, plump ones. But it's fucking everything. Everything I've craved for months. Everything I want every single day of my life. What I've been denying myself. What I'm no longer willing to give up. When Layla moans softly, her mouth opening to let me in, I don't fucking hesitate for a second. My tongue sweeps inside and takes all I've been dying for. The taste of her explodes into my mouth. Fresh, clean, sweet, and so fucking good. The best. I drink her intoxicating nectar, suck and bite on her lips. My hands gently cradling her beautiful face, her soft hair that's braided to her scalp, her delicate body that's lost some of its amazing curves. My anger rises again at that thought, but I push it down. Later, much later, once she's fed, claimed, thoroughly fucked, and has been made love to a thousand times, and there's not a single doubt about who she belongs to. Then, I will tan her ass and exhort her promise that this will never happen again. Ever. Tex, what are you... Layla's mumbled question against my lips is interrupted by a loud throat clearing. Without letting her go, I turn my attention to the door and see a tall, buff, blonde guy standing there and watching us with a huge smile. He walks to me and extends a hand. It's a pleasure to meet you, Mr. Garcia. I'm Dr. Carmichael. I shake his hand, studying him for any sign he may be pulling all this charm for my girl. Yep, I've reverted to a total caveman. But Carmichael seems more enamored by me than Layla. I'm a huge fan, sir. Didn't know Miss Wilson had such prestigious fr fiancé. I interrupt him. And both Layla and he sputter in unison, 
Fiancé? I nod firmly, never removing the arm I have draped around her body. A quick glance at her gorgeous face confirms what I've suspected. Layla is sending me daggers, and her eyes clearly state I better have a good explanation for my fib, because as soon as we're alone, I'm getting it. Carmichael's gaze goes from Layla to me, and fan or not, he studies us closely, trying to assess my girl's safety. Good man. I don't think I'll break his stupid square jaw for laying on the charm in front of my woman, after all. Can you tell me what happened exactly? I inquire. Is she okay now? Any meds she needs to take? Is it safe to take her home? He grins reassuringly. Miss Wilson is fine. We were quite worried ourselves. We usually don't see her on this side of the health center. I turn a questioning gaze to Layla, and she rolls her eyes before explaining. The AI lab is in this building, on the same floor as the clinic. I was here all summer for my internship, and Dr. Carmichael and I became good friends. That's right. My girl's a fucking genius, enrolled in an artificial intelligence postgraduate research program at one of the best universities in the world. I alternate my squinting gaze between the two of them, and the plan to mess up Dr. Pretty Boy's face doesn't seem so bad after all. If I'm reading things right, he wouldn't have minded taking things further than friendship if Layla had been interested. Yeah, I'm seriously fucking done with this shit. Okay, you want to catch me up? I ask the blonde. He shakes his head, sobering, and the switch from eager fan and friendly colleague to stern doctor is arresting. I'm sorry, Mr. Garcia. I can't discuss the details of my patient's health with someone who's not family. But I already gave Layla the rundown on her test results. She can go home whenever she's ready. What she needs now is rest, proper nutrition, to stay hydrated, and light exercise. Everything should be back to normal within a few days. His megawatt smile returns when he grabs my hand for an energetic shake. Again, it was a great honor meeting you. I hope you'll stop by now that you and Layla... Okay, thank you, Ben. We are out of here. Layla interrupts him as she climbs off the bed, the white sheet sliding off her sexy jeans-clad legs and revealing the rest of the fucking mouth-watering body I've been fantasizing about for months. Yep, there's no fucking way I'm not locking down this shit. My friendship with Zack be damned. Fuck, my spot on the team be damned. I know the man has the power to get me fired. I may be his main man, his W.R. The two of us have a magic dynamic. But Zach Wilson is not a man you mess with, and there's a solid reason he warned me off his baby sister. Zach saw me before I met Layla. He saw the partying, the girls, fans, cheerleaders, jersey chasers. I had my fill of pussy before I met his sister. I can only hope he also noticed the before aspect of things, because God knows it's been nothing but me and my hand since I met this girl. Even the thought of touching someone else, of sharing my body with anyone other than her, repulses me. I may have been too chicken shit to face the magnitude of my feelings for Layla, 
but seeing her like this, realizing she needs to be taken care of, there's no doubt left in me. I fucking love this woman. She fucking owns me, and I'll do everything in my power to convince her to let me love and cherish her till my last breath. What happened in Vegas? Three months before. Layla. I push my glasses up my nose and turn around to check myself in the full mirror of the ladies' restroom. Not too shabby at all. My little black dress is a sexy but classy lacy number that hugs my curves and makes me feel fabulous. Thank you, Emma. I'm so grateful I gained a big sister when my brother found the love of his life. Between our strict parents, my adorable jock of a brother, and my own nerdy ways, I need all the feminine support I can get. And Emma is just that girl. She took me under her wing and made everything just so easy. We talk, laugh, hang out, and have built a relationship outside of her being my sister-in-law. For a computer geek like me, who's used to being alone or with guys most of the time, having her has been life-changing. So I don't know who was more affected when Zach and Emma came close to splitting. Thank God they found their way back to each other. They even renewed their vows, and that's what we're here in Vegas celebrating with their closest friends, their college buddies, Zach's teammates, and Emma's girlfriends. Everyone is super friendly, but I'm just more comfortable with my robots and computers than with people. Letting out a sigh, I make my way back to the party. It's a fucking great party. Delicious food and fancy drinks everywhere. A crowd dressed to the nines and a fabulous venue. The bar is in one of the best hotels on the Strip. I people watched. I ate, sipped on some delicious virgin cocktails, and now I think I'm about ready for some rest. Zach and Emma are the only two people I'm close to here, and they've disappeared to their suite a while ago. Neither our parents nor Emma's were part of the fun, so I don't even have anyone to fuss over me. I let out a giggle, thinking how horrified my mother would be if she knew I'm thinking of her fussing over me. The woman is an entrepreneur, an all-around fierce businesswoman. She's never fussed a day in her life, and I probably get my brisk ways from her. Well, maybe once she has grandkids, I laugh again. And this time, a deep voice laced with a strong southern drawl resonates right above me. I would love to know what's so funny, doll. I whip around my head and come face to face with a wide chest encased in a crisp black button-down and a jacket that has to be tailored for him because the more my eyes climb up his titanic body, the more I realize the man is a fucking giant. Up, up, up a powerful torso, a solid pair of wide shoulders, a corded neck with a delicious deep tan, a fucking carved jaw, a sexy, smirking mouth, a straight, masculine nose, and mischievous, twinkling brown eyes. His rich brown hair has a few lighter strands, from sun exposure, I guess. And he stares at me 
as if I'm the main attraction on the menu and he's ready to play. This man is absolutely magnificent, and he smells so goddamn fucking good, of an unexpected blend of leather, expensive cologne, cigar, and the types of pheromones that signal one has won the genetic lottery. Because there's no way women aren't throwing themselves at this guy left and right after catching a whiff of this dangerous drug. I stand, glued in place, jaw slack, gawking at the giant sex on a stick of a man. Who knew such creatures even existed? Uh, hi? I try. By yourself, darling. And here comes that lazy drawl again. Ugh, don't give up on me, panties. I gather all the professionalism and male-handling skill set I've acquired over the years, readjust my fogged-up glasses, and thrust out a hand for him to take. I'm Layla. He takes my hand, but of course, instead of simply shaking it, he has to do something even more rattling than his simple existence. Bombshell Guy wraps his big, warm, calloused fingers around mine and bows slightly. It's very nice to meet you, Miss Layla. I'm Colt. It's Miss, right? I can't hold back my laughter, and once it's receded, I nod. Yes, it's Miss. Still holding my hand, his big thumb gently caressing my skin, Still eye-fucking me, Colt adds, Good, I wouldn't want to harm anyone. I raise a challenging eyebrow. Being a miss doesn't mean I'm unaccompanied. Are you accompanied? He asks straightforward. I shake my head, feeling a bit sheepish, and a lot foolish to be flirting with such a perfect specimen of manly beauty. Good. May I buy you a drink? I shake my head in an attempt to break his spell and try to pull my hand out of his. No, I think I'm going to call it a night. Thank you, though. Doesn't have to be a drink down here. Colt draws. And of their own accord, my eyes slide from his mesmerizing chocolate gaze to the full sculpted mouth I'd give anything to taste in this moment. Probably feeling my resolve teeter, Colt takes a step closer, effectively erasing any distance between our bodies. His heat, his smell, the way he's towering over me, all of it engulfs me, and I let out a small whimper. The sound seems to trigger something in Colt, and his eyes flash with a fierce blaze, you're the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life, bar none. I want you. Don't ask me why or how. I know you feel it too. His other hand raises from his side and hooks around my waist, pulling my body flush into his. Colt leans into me, lowering his mighty height till he can mutter into my ear. I need to see what's underneath this dress. Need to touch you, taste you, feel you. He nips and licks my sensitive earlobe while he speaks. And by the time he's done, 
I'm nothing but a puddle of goo for him to do with as he wishes. I can only nod my consent, both my brain and mouth unable to produce speech. Colt shakes his head slowly, and the movement fascinates and scares me all at once. Did he change his mind? That would be just my luck. Meet the most beautiful man I've ever laid eyes on, get propositioned by him, then run him off in a matter of seconds. Fuck my life. I... Did you change your mind? Fuck no. He growls. But you need to say the words, darling. Do you want me to remove this dress from your fucking sexy body? Will you let me get my big, dirty cowboy hands all over your gorgeous skin? My tongue everywhere. With each word, the pulsing at my core intensifies and quickens. This man is about to make me come with the pure power of his silver tongue. Fucking Southerner. I take a deep inhale, firming my resolve. Yes, I want that. All of it. The rascal's grin intensifies. Then let's go, sweetheart. There's an awful lot I want to do to you, and there are only so many hours left in the night. My heart squeezes painfully at his words. Right, Vegas, a random girl in a tight dress who lets a hot guy take her to a hotel room. One night stand. Got it. My expression must betray my shocked realization, because Colt's gaze turns worried. But before he gets a chance to ask about my mood change, I plaster on a big, bold smile and pull on his hand, turning to make my way to the set of elevators. You only live once, and this fine piece of male ass is a once-in-a-lifetime occurrence. Mama didn't raise no fool, so I lead, and he follows. When we make it to the elevators, the cabin is half-filled with hotel guests on their way back to their rooms to change before they return to partying, and a few who appear to be ready for bed. Colt stands behind me, against the mirrored wall, one hand loosely wrapped around my waist. The side of his face rests against mine, and the long, strong fingers of his other hand play with my hair, my slim gold chain, my neckline. His full lips brush my skin. Words of praise are whispered just for me escaping his lips, making my nipples hard, my pussy throb and weep with want, my clit pulsating with need. His long, thick erection nestles between the twin globes of my ass, and I can't help my hips from swirling a bit in a barely there motion, searching for some semblance of friction, relief. As we climb higher, the elevator empties and we become more obvious. The last woman to climb off sends me a knowing smirk paired with a wink. I bury my face in my palms. What is happening? What has this man done to me? I've never in my life behaved in such a wanton manner. Colt wraps his big warm hands around my forearms and turns me to face him. What's wrong, darling? Still hidden away in my palms, 
I shake my head. I've never done anything like this. I don't know what came over me. His hands drop from my body, and he takes a step back, taking away his body heat, the warmth of his touch, the cloud of his wonderful scent. I pull my hands off my face and look at him. He's stern and closed off now. You don't have to do anything you don't want to, doll. I can just walk you to your door and wish you a good night. I'm beyond happy you let me get close to you and touch you the way we did. Nothing else has to happen, not tonight, not ever, if that's not what you absolutely want. I bat my eyelashes with incredulity. Who is this man? What guy takes the time to ensure his fling's absolute consent? If Colt, whatever his last name is, was exponentially hot a couple of minutes ago, he's reached supernova levels of awesomeness after his short speech. Yeah, there's no way I'm not tapping that. I look him straight in the eye and articulate slow and clear, Colt, I want you. I hook a hand at the back of his neck and pull down his head. At the same time, I'm pushing on the tips of my toes. I press my lips to his, savoring their soft, pillowy quality. At first, he just stands there, letting me run the show. Then, when I groan in frustration, pushing him and advancing till his back is against the wall, Colt lets out a chuckle. I take advantage of his open mouth to sneak my tongue between his lips and taste him. Fuck, the perfect blend of manly flavor, clean taste, and soft, talented mouth. Ugh, kill me now. Do I really only have him for a night? Why can't I keep him? Because you know your life is a mess. You have no time or space for a man. And the guy's not interested in anything other than a one-time thing. When we walk into my room, our gazes fall on the immense bed. It's the huge beast of a type that can fit Colt's tall, broad body. He quietly closes the door behind us and guides me to the foot of the mattress. It's firm, comfortable, the duvet thick and soft to the touch. I keep my gaze on our hands, resting side by side on the immaculate cover. The contrast between the shades of our skins is beautiful. Deep tan, against caramel. My smaller fingers, his strong, masculine ones. The thick veins tracing the back of his. We form such a heartbreakingly beautiful picture in this just-before moment. Just before we've touched intimately for the first time. Just before our bodies have finally joined. Just before we take another step into exploring this wild night. Colt cups the side of my face, and I raise my eyes to his beautiful brown ones. He's so fucking handsome. All thick, arched brows, strong nose, high cheekbones, full sensual lips, and a soft smile that warms my heart. My nerves settle, my anxiety giving way to excitement again, I raise my hand and curl my fingers at the side of his strong neck, 
resting the pad of my thumb at the hollow of his throat, where his pulse throbs erratically. I lean in, his amazing scent filling my nostrils, and press my lips to the spot my thumb just grazed. Colt lets out a shuddered breath. Emboldened, I poke out the tip of my tongue and swipe a quick lick. His taste. Oh my God, his taste. This man will be the death of me. I'm not going to be much of a gentleman tonight, baby. Is that okay? I smile widely. That's highly expected. Good. He rumbles, then leans in and kisses me hard. His lips press against my mouth with passion. His tongue slides over my lips, between them, invading me, making me forget any part of my body that's not in contact with his delicious kisses. His breathing quickens, and his eyes, his eyes burn with ferocious heat, drinking in my body, making me feel hot and bothered. Do you have any idea how much I want you? Colt growls against my mouth. I can guess. I whisper back, dragging my palm over his strained slacks. Wow, who's this empowered seductress? Colt gives me a look that says he likes her. He resumes his devouring kisses, and his large hands roam from my waist to my ass. He sits on the bed and pulls me into his lap, twining his long fingers with mine and making us caress his hard length together. I watch the movement of our hands, fascinated by the sensuality of this moment. I feel his erection grow and harden. You're so fucking beautiful, so sexy, he whispers into my ear. His warm breath makes me shiver. Colt plays with my breasts, massaging and caressing the soft globes of flesh, rolling and pinching my nipples, and I gasp for air. He picks up his seductive murmur. You're so gorgeous. I love everything about you. I'm so into you. I moan from what his clever fingers are doing to my tits from the open-mouthed kisses he's covering my neck with and the rub of his erection between our parted thighs. Colt's hardness has grown frighteningly against my ass, deliciously rubbing between my buttocks. Your mouth, sweetheart. He runs a calloused finger over my lips with just enough pressure to create a maddening sensation. These soft lips, fuck so full, Makes me want to slide into your mouth. He presses an inch of his thumb into his mouth, getting it wet with his saliva, then spreads the moisture over my lips. I want to lick you all over. Another pass of the pad of his thumb. Bite you. He nips at my neck, and I can't stifle a loud moan, arching my back. Fucking devour you. Another sharp intake of air on my end. I feel a gush of moisture drip down my damp panties. Colt rises from the bed and undoes his pants in slow movements. 
when he pushes down his slacks and boxers. His engorged cock springs out. He runs the soft-skinned tip over my lips with just enough pressure to show me what he wants but letting me make the decision. My arousal annihilates my inhibitions and I open my mouth, taking in the thick, warm, soft-skinned head. I wrap my hands around his length, stroking him up and down. Sucking on the tip, I pull it further into my mouth at each pass. I love the intense sensations invading my body. Colt's fingers thread through my hair, his large palms holding my head. He drives me crazy with the roll of his hips. I'm in that amazing state of arousal where it feels as if I could come even without direct sexual contact. I want to see you, he growls out. No, I want to see him and show him and feel him, touch him. He pulls himself out of my mouth, making me whimper in protest and returns to sit next to me. He pulls me onto his lap, making me straddle his hips. My breathing is fast and irregular. My lips feel swollen, my breasts heavy. My sex throbs from the friction of his cock on my ass, the feel of him inside my mouth, his wicked words, his kisses, his caresses, and the warmth of his breath. Colt looks me in the eye, a barely there smile on his full lips. He pulls me closer. So close, our midsections are separated only by the thin layers of my clothes. You're gonna feel so good, doll. So fucking good. His voice is soft and seductive, with a faint edge telling me he's holding on by a thread. I'm not the only one losing my shit here. Colt lays us on the bed. He gently pulls up my dress and starts running the tips of his fingers along my slit, over the fabric of my lacy underwear. He rubs over my clit, till I feel my orgasm build, then slides down to my entrance. Stroking himself, he hisses, I love the way you smell, the way you look, so wet and swollen. Fuck, sweetheart, you're gonna make me come before I'm even inside you. He pushes two thick fingers inside me every time he reaches the entrance to my pussy. Colt inhales sharply and thrusts inside me, knuckles deep. At the same time, he pinches my clit. Then he takes my hand and wraps it around his cock, circling my fingers around his long, thick erection. I drink in the sight of him, beautiful, powerful, and passionate, his golden skin splattered with freckles. Colt doesn't stop his maddening pattern. He rubs along the length of my slit, goes back up to my clit, then plays there for a beat, tormenting me with a delicious circling pressure. Then he moves back down where he pushes inside me slowly, inch by achingly delicious inch, while his thrumming fingers keep my clitoris burning with pleasure. 
My hand trembles around his cock. I've never been this turned on in my life. What we're doing feels wicked and natural all at once. The vision of our hands on our most intimate body parts. My orgasm building indefinitely. I'm afraid I can't take any more. Our movements become frantic and our mouths join in deep, loud, wet kisses. I'm licking his delicious lips, biting and suckling. I can't keep still. My hips come off the bed in abrupt jerks. My hand has lost its slow, sensual caress on cult sex. I wet my palm with the flat of my tongue, then keep pleasuring him, fighting to keep my control, trying not to go too fast or too hard. I'm so close, I wail out. Me too, baby, he grunts. Then we start moaning loudly into each other's mouth, eyes locked, hands furiously pulling each wave of pleasure from the other. Yes, 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 I repeat in an infinite litany. Fuck, doll. You're making me feel so fucking good. Layla. He stretches my name through his orgasm. After a few seconds, I start coming back to my senses. We're lying on our backs, arms still tangled. I have my forearm over my eyes, trying to get my breathing back to normal. Colt lets out a soft laugh. What? I ask, turning to his gorgeous face. I squeal when he hauls me into his arms taking me into the adjoining bathroom. After we dress off, he gently sets me in the shower and grabs a washcloth. I watch as he joins me, turns on the water to a warm temperature, wets the cloth, pours shower gel on it, then proceeds to wash away my stickiness. A couple of hours later, after we've cleaned up from our bedroom session and from the shower action, we are resting on the bed, Limbs tangled, dozing off in a wonderfully sated state. Colt slips a hand under my hair, stroking the back of my neck. I smile, drinking in his gorgeous face as he pulls me closer on his chest and presses a tender kiss on my cheek, framing my face in his huge hands. There's a sparkle in his eyes, a smile on his face as he studies me. What? I ask. He kisses me tenderly, long and deep. His lips are all over mine, his tongue caressing my mouth, his hands still cuddling my face. And we stay like that, bodies and minds tangled into each other. Colt it's official. I've died and gone to heaven. No earthly sensation can feel this amazing. Layla's pussy is heavenly. She's not just tight, she's goddamn tight. Not wet, but fucking soaked, coating my cock and balls. I'm holding her hips hard, probably hard enough to bruise, but I can't loosen my grip. I need to. My eyes are glued to our joined sexes. Her pussy lips parted, my dick thrusting in and out, glistening with her juices. 
hands firmly on my shoulders, she plants her short, manicured nails into my skin. The sharp pain enhances my pleasure. That's it, darling. Fucking bounce on this cock. It's all yours. Fuck yourself on your man's dick. Layla moans louder at my dirty talk, and I can't hold back a strong up thrust, making her cry out. You like that, dirty girl? You fucking like daddy fucking your tight, wet cunt hard? Layla lets out another loud whimper, and I can tell she's close. So fucking close. I band a strong forearm around her waist, firmly holding her in place, and start pistoning into her tight, drenched channel. She bounces on my lap like a fucking stripper, throwing back her head, eyes rolling, full lips parted in a silent cry, rippling around me like she's about to fucking swallow my dick. We're both so fucking close. I press the pad of my thumb at her swollen clit. One pass, and the hood is pushed back, a sensitive bundle of nerves at my mercy. A few well-placed rolls, and Layla comes undone, shaking, wailing, and spasming in my arms. God, she's beautiful. Layla Our wonderful cocoon bursts early the following morning. I wake up deliciously sore and grinning, because I know the reason I feel too hot and smothered in this immense hotel bed is the six-plus feet of gorgeous manliness snuggled up against my body. I inhale his scent and press my lips to the hollow of his throat. He smells just as amazing and tastes even more wonderful. Gah! Without opening his eyes, Colt gravels. Morning, sunshine. I giggled like a schoolgirl. Good morning, handsome. He groans, stretching his long arms and taking even more space on the mattress. And I fucking love it. After a quick peck, we take turns using the bathroom and come to bed refreshed enough for a first-thing-in-the-morning conversation. Colt threads our fingers together, my head resting in the crook of his shoulder his full lips on my forehead. I want to see you again. I don't even try masking the huge grin that takes over my face. I think I'd like that. He tickles me playfully. You think? I answer between bouts of laughter. No, I know. Ha <laughs> stop, Colt. He gathers my body in his big arms and kisses me stupid once more. That's more like it. How long are you in town for? My wonderful mood deflates a bit. I leave Vegas tonight. Oh, and where's home? California, but I temporarily live in Texas. I feel his muscles tighten, and without even thinking, I run a soothing hand over his arm. Where in Texas? What do you do? I'm a post-grad student at the University of Texas at Austin. Then I hear Colt let out a short, troubled, fuck. And he lets go of me, sitting up. 
What's wrong, Colt? What's your last name, Layla? And why are you in Vegas? I stare into his beautiful eyes, but they're devoid of warmth. He looks at me like... like he's mad. Like I've done something. Like nothing we shared last night or this morning matters. What's wrong, baby? I ask again, sitting on the bed with the sheets pulled over my body, because being naked in front of this man doesn't seem like such a great idea anymore. Colt is off the bed, gathering his clothes and putting them back on. He commands, Answer the question, Layla. And I give in. My last name is Wilson. I'm here for my brother's marriage vows renewal. He brings a large, powerful hand to his face and holds it over his eyes, letting out a litany of curses. I sit there, naked under the sheet, feeling more vulnerable than I ever have in my adult life, watching the beautiful tapestry of our connection horribly unravel. What is wrong, Colt? You don't know? You seriously don't know? He's staring at me with furious eyes, and my twisted brain can't help but notice how fucking hot anger looks on him. I wouldn't be asking, handsome. Colt Garcia. Big ticks. He spits in my face, pointing an enraged finger to his. I can only shake my head. Are you fucking serious? You want to tell me your brother plays for the best team in the league and you don't know his teammates? Oh, shit. I... I don't follow football, Colt. You must be fucking kidding me. Zach is going to skin me alive. What happened between us has nothing to do with Zach. I... Even I don't believe my own words. That's what I thought. I'm sorry. I know I'm being a jerk, but I really wasn't expecting this. I swallow the huge lump in my throat. That's okay. I guess I understand. No big deal. This is a fucking big deal to me, Layla. He sighs loudly, running his hands in his hair and grabbing it at the roots. Ouch, that must hurt. I can't do this now. I'm sorry, Layla. Can I have your number, please? I'll call you so we can sort out this clusterfuck. I push away tears. Clusterfuck. Wow. There's really no need, Colt. I'll talk to Zach, or we can forget all about... He interrupts me with a commanding number. And I give in, rattling off my digits with no intention of ever picking up any communication from him. Colt saves my number in his phone, stuffs his things into his jacket pockets, and leans in to press a kiss to my forehead. Last night was everything, sweetheart. Please let me get my head straight, and we can figure out how to proceed. Yeah? I nod without any conviction. I'll call you, he insists, before giving me one last somber look and exiting my hotel room and my life. Home sweet home. Now. Colt. I park in front of the main building of the ranch and walk around the truck to help Layla out. She fell asleep on her way here, 
and I left her alone. Talking can wait. Clearing the air can wait. For now, my priority is taking care of her. She's tired, and she needs to rest. I open the passenger side door, undo Layla's seatbelt, and lift her into my arms. The familiar sensation of her body instantly ignites that flame in my blood only she can spark. She feels so good, so soft. I can't fucking wait till I get the privilege of being inside her again. Layla I wake up to a sensation of deep comfort, of feeling cared for, of being precious, more comfortable than I've experienced in a long while. What happened? Colt Garcia happened. My eyes fluttered open and fell on his handsome face. He was so close. Vegas close. And I was in his arms, carried bridal style, as he walked us into his house and up the stairs to a bedroom. I blinked with incomprehension, asking, What? Shh, go back to sleep, Angel. Just taking you to bed, love. He whispered before kissing my temple. Like the idiot I am, I buried my face in the crook of his neck, basking in his warmth, pressing my lips into his soft skin, inhaling the intoxicating blend of his spicy cologne, mixed with his own male scent, and sighed with contentment. No one has ever carried me so effortlessly, making me feel dainty in his strong arms, snuggled against his wide chest, feeling his heartbeat under my fingers. The memories flood my mind and body now, and I grow flushed, hot, and bothered. Shit, this can't happen again. I need to talk to Colt. We need to be on the same page. I'm not here for a repeat of our night of wild sex before we realized we couldn't be together. And he may have called and texted me every single day since Vegas. That doesn't change anything. I ignored and rejected all his attempts at communication. He said it himself. This is a clusterfuck. And just wait till my brother finds out the brunt of it. I'm in so much fucking trouble. There's a soft knock on the door, and the panel opens to reveal a cautious-looking Colt. He's just as big, broad, and fucking handsome as in my nightly dreams. But his expression is guarded. He sets a tray on the nightstand next to my bed, and I notice the heavy furniture is made of beautiful wood. The room is spacious, airy, and brightly lit by a pair of French doors covered by sheer curtains. It's exquisitely decorated with nature paintings on the walls and rustic rugs on the thick cream carpet. My eyes move back to the entrance. Colt brought me a sandwich, a bowl of fruits, and a glass of water. Thank you, I mutter before gobbling down everything within a few minutes. He comes to sit on the bed at a reasonable distance, his long legs stretched out on top of the comforter, feet crossed at the ankles, arms folded over his massive chest, his bulging biceps straining the fabric of his shirt. 
He looks completely different from the sophisticated, tailored suit sporting man I met in Vegas. And my vagina isn't sure who she likes better. This battered jeans, flannel, and boots-wearing cowboy. Or the GQ model who gave me the best night of my life. Colt watches me eat, a small smile blossoming on his gorgeous face. God, I miss seeing him, being with him, and all the other stuff. Being in his presence like this, feeling seen, cared for, and desired, I'm not exactly sure why I refuse to hear him out after Vegas. I mean, Zack is going to be an issue. But at this point... When I'm done scarfing down the food he made me, he playfully asks, Better? I nod with gratitude, then take a deep inhale, because what I have to say to this man is absolutely bonkers. I just found out this afternoon, but I know I have to tell him. I would hate it if someone kept something this important, this life-altering from me. I take in the room once more trying to find the courage to say what I have to share with Colt. Did you know that condoms only have a 98% efficiency rate? I ask like the dorky lunatic I am. My face heats up at the mention of our torrid night together. And from the glint in his eyes, Colt is also doing a mental play-by-play. -play. He's watching me with a curious frown. I would wonder where I'm going with this, too, if I were you. I take a deep inhale and blurt out, I'm pregnant, Cole. Ever since Ben told me what my blood work results had revealed, I've been wondering one thing. How would Colt, Big Tex, Garcia, react to the news of our impending potential parenthood? So many scenarios played out in my head. He would be angry. Stressed? Irritated? He might not believe me. Might think I'm trying to trap him. All plausible options. After all, I barely know the guy. But never in a million years had I imagined Colt would pull me onto his lap, cradle me in his big, strong arms, and press a soft kiss to my lips before looking me deep in the eyes. Is that why you passed out? Unsure how to interpret his reaction, I answer honestly. Partially, I'm also genuinely tired from work. He nods. Do you have a regular doctor, a gynecologist? His face is serene, with just a ghost of a smile playing on his lips. What the hell? I thought he'd be dragging me out of his house by this point of our conversation. Yeah, I do. But Colt, we need to talk. He nods, still looking like some fucking Zen master cowboy. I agree, but first I'd like to make sure you're okay. Both of you. My heart, my poor neglected heart flutters and swells. My eyes well with tears. I know they're in a large part due to the insane influx of hormones in my body, but I'm also just touched by this big, sexy giant's attentiveness. I clear my throat, batting my lashes to push away the tears before responding. I think... I think that would be a great idea. Colt's grin broadens, 
and the effect on my heart and panties is fucking devastating. He's so handsome, so kind, and so goddamn hot. I really hope this won't turn into one of those platonic parenting situations. Cult We're sitting inside one of Layla's OBGYN's exam rooms, staring at each other with wonder in our eyes. It's real. This is happening. We're having a baby together. The first day at the ranch after Layla rested, we made appointments with her doctors. Her general practitioner confirmed Dr. Asshat Carmichael's exhaustion diagnosis, checked that my girl was in good health other than that, and added more tests to the ones run at the university's health center, and I was over the moon to hear confirmation that Layla is in great shape. The appointment with her gynecologist obstetrician just ended, and I might never recover from listening to the sound of our baby's steady heartbeat. I want to hop in my truck and drive us down to El Paso so Layla can meet my entire family and share our amazing news with them. I want to stop by the closest luxury jeweler and buy her all the diamonds they have. I want to kiss and worship her extraordinary body for the miracle it's making. I want to call Zach and come clean to him. I want to kiss, hold, and fuck my woman. I want, I want, I want. I feel dizzy with excitement. But before anything or anyone, Layla and I need to talk. Layla I school my expression to keep my emotions hidden. There's not much I can do about the way I feel, but... At least I can keep some semblance of dignity by not exposing myself as the heartbroken woman I've turned into. I fight to keep my eyes strictly on his. No looking at his gorgeous features or letting my gaze travel the length of his tall, muscular body. This isn't just about me. Things will never again be only about me. That's what I need to keep in mind. I reflexively rest my hand on my stomach and take a deep inhale. God help me. With a beaming smile on his full, sensual lips, Colt comes to sit next to me on the examination table. He takes my hands in his and gives me that look. The one that says, I'm precious, special, and his. The one that has to be a boatload of crap. But he looks so sincere, my treacherous heart whispers. Nope, been there, done that. No interest in getting a repeat, especially now that I have to take care of myself for another precious being. Colt, all I wanted was for you to know I'm expecting and to offer for you to be a part of your child's life. His strong square jaw ticks. He slides closer and I scoot away, ending up backing myself against the wall. Colt's eyes turn burning, and the side of his mouth crooks up. I have no intention of leaving. Not now, not ever. I'm not leaving you or our baby, and you're staying with me at the ranch till we figure out shit. Colt, he interrupts me. I knew I should have stayed that morning in Vegas. 
I swallow in a futile attempt to dislodge the painful ball stuck in my throat. Don't, I beg him, feeling my eyes brim with tears. I went crazy not being able to see you or talk to you for so long. Why didn't you answer my calls and messages, Layla? He leans closer and presses a soft kiss to my cheek, where a single tear has fallen. I thought about you every minute, every day. Another soft press of his full lips. I was tired, frustrated, and I messed up. I was so mad, Angel, so fucking mad. I'm so very sorry, my love. My love? I fight to blink away my tears, torn between believing him, forgiving him, giving us a chance, and staying guarded. My heart melts into a gooey puddle as I wipe under my eyes. I remain silent, scared to believe it could be this easy. That all my pain, my worry, and my heartbreak could be unfounded. Colt pulls a sleek cell phone from his pocket, taps on the screen for a few seconds, then shows me the name and number flashing. He's calling Zack! What are you doing? Hang up, I whisper shout while the line rings on speaker. Then my brother's voice answers. Hey, what's up, man? Everything okay? Everything is perfect. He turns to give me one of his sexy grins, paired with a wink. Listen, man, I need to talk to you about Layla and me. Zach's voice is filled with anger when he growls. What the fuck do you mean you and Layla? Oh, Lord. But Colt doesn't back down by a single inch. We're together, man. I love you, I respect you, but she's mine. I'm done holding back. So you're saying you want to fucking date my baby sister? This is not going well. No, brother. We're getting married, and we're starting a family. Tex, I swear if this is some kind of sick joke, I take the phone from Colt. Hey, Zach. Layla, thank God. What the fuck is Garcia talking about? Are you okay? My voice is filled with tears of joy and laughter when I respond. I'm gonna hang up so Colt can properly ask me to marry him. I stare pointedly at the ass. But I wanted to tell you, you're gonna be an uncle. Then I disconnect the call with a huge grin on my lips vaguely hearing my brother curse and threaten to end my man's life. Turning to Colt, I take all my time drinking him in, eating him up, and resolve to let go of my anger and pain. You messed up, I tell him. Big time, he replies, his expression dead serious. You're gonna have to give me time. Take anything you need from me. I lean into his side, and he wraps an arm around my back to engulf me in one of his amazing hugs. I sniffle against his shirt. I missed you so much. So, so much. I thought, I thought I lost you. That I never even had you. I thought we were just a random one-time thing. Colt shakes his head, pinching my chin between two fingers. Then he growls right in front of my face. Look at me. You're mine. I'm yours. 
and he puts all the pieces of my broken heart back together. Laying a large, warm hand on my belly, he rests his forehead on mine. Both of you. The End Epilogue Layla What are you doing, darling? I hear my husband ask as he slides his large hands around my waist, resting them on my rounded belly. Just checking on our boy, I turn to Colt, a soft smile on my lips. He's fine. Let him sleep. Come to bed. You need to check on this big boy. He pairs his words with a push of his hips, nudging me with his hard cock and pulling a gasp and a giggle from my lips. Tex, not in front of the baby, I protest without much conviction. Blackie is passed out cold. Now come, wife, he adds, swooping me up into his arms. I wrap my hands around his strong shoulders and rest my head on his chest with a happy sigh. Colt lays a soft kiss on my forehead, walking us to our room. Our brand new pup, Blackie, lies on a pile of newspapers on the kitchen floor. I smile, thinking how far we've come from Zack's threats on Colt's life to him, turning into a lovesick uncle for our little guy. The relationship between the two friends and teammates is still a bit strained, but I'm done worrying about my brother's feelings before our own. Colt kicks our bedroom door open and lays me on the chaise, sitting next to our bed. Oh, since I'm quite far into my pregnancy, making love in our bed has become more and more challenging, and as always, Colt has proven himself full of resources. He kneels between my legs, pushes my thighs apart, lifting my nightgown to my waist, and sends me a wicked grin, his dark eyes gleaming with anticipation. My breathing accelerates, and I scoot back on the chaise, finding a comfortable position. You good? He asks, voice already dripping with lust. I can only nod, mouth dry with desire. I know this look. Colt is about to wreck me. His hunger for me seems to increase every day. And the rounder I become, the bigger my belly gets the more he can't get enough of my body. Between my pregnancy hormones and my man's insatiable hunger, we've been fucking like rabbits lately. Well, even more than usual. I run my hand over Colt's stubbled jaw, a content grin on my lips. He's so handsome, so masculine. All intense gaze and hard muscles, Colt pulls off his t-shirt and tosses it aside, and he nudges apart my knees, tracing a blazing path on the insides of my thighs with his full lips, hot, wet tongue, and maddening nibbles of his teeth. I whimper, grabbing onto the arms of the chair, throwing back my head, mouth open on a long moan. Colt reaches the apex of my thighs, and runs the tip of his masculine nose along the length of my slit, making me tremble with need. I grab handfuls of his thick, dark hair, 
muttering his name, begging, pleading. Oh, baby, yes, right there. More, please. He pulls my underwear aside and gives my pussy a long lick from clit to entrance, poking his tongue inside me and swirling it over the small, throbbing nub, and I exhale a whimper of ecstasy. Please, baby. Colt raises his somber gaze, a naughty grin adorning his gorgeous features, and plunges two thick fingers between my folds, thrusting and crooking them, teasing a spot neither my hand, another man, nor any toy have ever reached before him. An intense fire starts in my pussy and spreads all through my body, making me contract my thighs over his hand, but he doesn't let me escape. His fingers relentlessly rub at my G-spot while his thumb joins in, rolling my clit into oblivion. When my eyes roll back into my head, Colt intensifies the movement of his fingers and leans in to suck on my clit, sending me over the edge. Fuck! I yell with abandon, spreading my thighs wide and pushing my husband's head deeper into me. Colt keeps eating me up till the very last tremor, and then some more. He gently licks and thrusts until I'm nothing but a puddle of goo. I barely have the energy to wrap my arms around his neck when he lifts me and sets me on our huge bed, placing my back against the memory foam pillow that helps with my discomfort. You good? He grins cockily, but I don't have the energy to tease him back. Great, is all I can muster before my eyes flutter closed. The last image I see before falling asleep is of my big Tex, standing tall and beautiful at the side of our bed, watching me drift into unconsciousness, guarding me with a loving light in his dark eyes. My husband, my love, the father of our future child, our future children. Colt I run the pad of my thumb over my lips and taste Layla. I can still smell her. My dick twitches to attention, and I give it a quick squeeze. Not now, buddy. She's tired. I watch her voluptuous form. Her long legs are bent at the knees, the curve of her wide hip raised in this position while she's on her side. Her full breasts rise and fall under the lace of her cream silk nightgown, her curly hair spread out on the pillow. She's gonna be pissed when she wakes up, and it's a rat's nest. I'm the luckiest motherfucker on earth. I've got an amazing wife, and I can't wait to meet my baby boy. Life couldn't be better. I make a quick trip to the bathroom to wash my hands and face and come lie next to my woman, pulling her head on my chest. Eyes to the ceiling, I count my blessings, just as I do every night before sleeping. I think of all the gifts life has thrown my way and let the peaceful thoughts lull me into slumber. The End This has been Big Tex. 
by Imani J. Read for you by El Sanali. Welcome back. Welcome back, lady listeners. Um, as I said before, all of the Imani J's good stuff will be in the show notes. So um, thank you, Imani, for bringing us big text. This was amazing. Um, we love your stuff. She's always a good time. She's always so fun and sweet, especially in her emails. So just thank you again for bringing that to us. And um, as I said earlier, too, uh, we are on break for the next two weeks. We're spring break. I am taking a big trip with my family. We're going up north. We're going to do um, New England. We're nice. just going to drive a big loop and either stay in places along the way or figure it out. I don't know. We're just, we're waiting. I thought you were going to say we were either, we're either going to have really fun or we're going to kill each other. <laughs> well, that's, that's obviously <laughs> one of the two options that we can do while we're up there, but that's what we're doing for our spring break. So I'm sure and I'll have lots to talk about when we get back. But what? Go ahead. If you guys want some audiobooks, you can jump onto Patreon and all yes. the audio, all the old audiobooks are on there. There's like over 60 at this point. I've been adding a new one every week. I love Along it. So many people new... said that, that they love listening to them. So, yeah, you can just go hit play. It plays right through. It mm-hmm. plays, like, literally in the app. You just download Patreon because I mm-hmm. actually follow a few people. And it pops up just, like, almost like Audible. And you mm-hmm. hit play. Same screen design layout and everything. There you go. Super so, easy to do it. Yeah. Lots of books to listen to and catch up on. Absolutely. All right. I think that's it. That's it. Tell them what to do. Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye, guys. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book, that's fine. Or you could sit back, relax, and unwind. And read me romance. Read, read me romance.